Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Worst Cast, a podcast about the worst fantasy football league that's ever been. What started as a 12-team league with a bunch of friends in grad school has turned into a ridiculous, data-driven ride down memory lane. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the third season of The Worst Cast. My name is Alex, and I'm here with Brandon, of course. Hello, Brandon. It's good to be back. Great to be back, Alex. Excited for another season of fantasy football in the worst league, the best league. It, 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 feels, it feels good. It really does feel good to be back. Makes Sundays, you know, mean something other than waiting for Monday, right? Absolutely. I feel like every, it starts, it starts like every June, I would say for me, I start getting that fantasy football itch and I have to tell myself, I'm not going to think about fantasy football until at least August. And then August one, all bets are off and I'm digging into the spreadsheets and preparing for my draft and ready to start. And lo and behold, the season is upon us. Week one is here. Right. Very exciting. So yeah, you know, we're back. We're, we're doing this thing again. God knows why we're doing it, but here we are talking to <laughs> Talking to Josh and maybe Gray. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to jump in, we didn't do a draft preview, but, you know, things have already gotten rolling. So we're going to jump right into week one as we are now speaking with you on the afternoon or evening for you Central and East Coasters um, on Monday, where uh, Monday Night Football is actually about to kick off. And we'll, we'll comment a bit on that, but we wanted to jump in and just start talking about the, the games of the week. Yeah, that's right. So where should we start, Alex? Um, I'm thinking we should start with the games that are still in question. Obviously, you know, the mon- the classic Monday Night Miracle that they speak about in the in the books. We can talk about the teams that need something to happen for them tonight in order to, you know, make something happen. And then talk about the games that wrapped up on Sunday, given some strong performances. Sounds good. Yeah. So I guess there are technically two games that are in the balance tonight, right? So uh, the first one is Gray and Samantha, um, which who are separated by about two points right now. Uh, Samantha has all of her players have played. And so it really just comes down to whether Justin Tucker can hit one field goal uh, in this game. And if he can do that, which is generally a certainty for Justin Tucker, um, he should come out on top. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, for the betting folks of the world, I would probably put Gray at probably minus 4,000 to win this game. <laughs> which means you just uh cursed his team and samantha will for sure win <laughs> dang it and you know you know how i feel about samantha's team so you know <laughs> let's go gray <laughs> exactly uh and then the other game uh, that is still up in the air and this one is kind of more of a toss-up uh is uh whitney and beth ann so whitney has a 13 point lead right now on beth ann but um i believe uh beth ann has still has mark andrews to play and you know with how you know devastated that wide receiver group or really everybody has so baltimore actually yeah so she has a 14 point lead she has baltimore's defense as well whitney has baltimore's defense going into tonight's game exactly and so and bethana's behind right so she needs she needs the points so she needs mark andrews to outscore the baltimore defense by by 14 points exactly exactly which is entirely possible uh to happen so you know i i think it's possible that she could do that according to ibn watson analytics (laughs) bethana has a 29 percent chance of winning this game exactly so so that one is still definitely up in the air yep 
And then we have a kind of an exciting up in the air. It's not a traditional game, but it actually pays more than an individual game. We actually have the high score of the week that's quite up in the air. Yeah, that's right. So Eric uh, actually came out firing uh, the Cobra Kyler team, as his team is called this week, uh, behind, you know, Kyler Murray and Amari Cooper, who got things started on Thursday night with his 38 points, just crushing things for Eric, uh, who is a Cowboys fan, uh, as along with Travis Kelsey, who I believe Eric was in the stands in Kansas City. Shout out, Eric, uh, who got to watch that game live, which was an awesome game between the Chiefs and the Browns. But Eric has 172 points right now. Um, actually absolutely crushing. Uh, but it's possible that Nick could catch him. Nick has 150 points who behind Christian McCaffrey and Russell Wilson and Cooper cup, basically a lot of players on his team, just, uh, playing awesome has 150 points. So he needs 22 points. By the time you listen to this, you'll probably know what happened. Uh, but it really comes down to whether or not Darren Waller can score uh, around 22 points tonight, which let's face it, uh, is, uh, no big deal, uh, for Darren Waller. No, it surely isn't. But that's a that's an exciting game, a game within the game for us to keep <laughs> our eyes on. But moving into other matchups that did wrap up yesterday, the first of which was actually between myself and you. Um, you want to give us a little rundown of what's going on in that one? I thought it was going to be a closer game. Looking at some of the projections early on, uh, it seemed like it was going to be close. I think on Thursday, I'd had a really good game from Dak, and you had a really good game from Chris Godwin. Um, So it seemed like it was going to be a toss-up. But very quickly, things went south super fast for me. Um, I invested heavily in both the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers, and in the wrong San Francisco 49ers. So Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown did did okay, uh, but the real downside for my team was uh, Raheem Mostert, injured after i think two plays uh so he got me two points and brandon Ayuk. uh, i was looking earlier today one of only three players in the top drafted in the top four rounds of our draft to score five points or fewer um the other two being maybe we change your uh, your team name to to raheem most hurt (laughs) that would be a good name for my team he seems to be injured quite frequently these days unfortunately absolutely and you just dominate you had great right? games out of Chubb and Lockett and Godwin. Jalen the Hurts. The good news is I was worried about Saquon, and he was awful. But and it didn't matter. Was, it didn't matter. No, I mean, I hate to say it, but both of my quarterbacks balled out. So you never know. Alex and his quarterbacks. I will tell you, man, and this is no criticism towards you and um, Josh. You guys were trying to be so hip taking – Trey Lance and Justin Fields leaving someone who is a much more known quantity in Jalen Hurts to be drafted. I was really surprised that you guys went for the the absolute lottery ticket instead of like the the million like the the cheaper lottery ticket that was, you know, likely to give you some good return. Totally. I mean, when I was doing my draft recap, recap and this year I did one of the things I did was I looked at uh, you know, how, how players went versus their ADP, the two team owners who consistently reached more and more for those, you know, ahead of where players were drafted were both Josh and myself. So it's, no, <laughs> it's no surprise to hear that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, my strategy going in actually was, I, I didn't really like the players going in the fourth and fifth round. So, uh, that's where I just felt like I was definitely going to take a QB there. Um, yep. and so, so Dak was one of the top 
players on my board. And so I took him, but if, if, if for whatever reason, some of those players had gone or people hadn't waited, um, I was targeting Jalen hurts later in the draft, but because I took yeah. Dak, I was like, you, you know what? I'll take a swing go for on the a, real lottery ticket. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, but it turns out you always end up with, you know, the QB one. And when you know it, Jalen hurts outscored Dak Prescott this week. So, uh, you know, I helped you out, but right? He did you not said you were going to take Trey Lance. So <laughs> he didn't outscore Kyler this week. That's true. That's true. No, but the but good news time. is I, I had Stafford all along mm-hmm. and he had a great game as well. He looked real good with the Rams yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did. So but great yeah, game for you. You take me down. Yeah. Con- congratulations, sir. Yeah, thanks. It's been a while. <laughs> um, and then and the next matchup is Gray versus Samantha. We kind of, you know, grazed over it, grazed over it. With the fact that Gray just needs a field goal or a couple extra mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. to pull this thing out, but give us a little more insight into what what happened between the between the numbers here. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and DeAndre Hopkins is what happened uh, for Gray. Um, some big outings for them. His running backs uh, did not do as well. I think he's probably hoped Austin Eckler and welcome to the Clyde edwards alaire experience. As I said. Uh, during the draft, <laughs> I think he also maybe reached on some guys like Kyle Pitts and, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Callaway, maybe a, a surprise start here. Uh, at least for me, maybe I guess he Odell Beckham was out this week. So that's probably why uh, Marcus Callaway got the start and didn't do that well. Both teams did OK, you know, scoring around 115 points is like a little below average. Um, I, I know Samantha was definitely disappointed probably by. You know, a lot of her guys did not do that great. Zeke, Miles Gaskin, Calvin Ridley. The Falcons had a bad game. Allen Robinson playing with Andy Dalton didn't do great. Some bright spots were TJ Hawkinson had a really great game. He looks like the, the number one, you know, wide yeah. receiver in Detroit. Uh, Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. had a good game for the Texans. So there's some reason for optimism. Um, but yeah, yeah, it ended up no. being a close one. No, that that was that was quite a matchup. Um, and, you know, who knows? Could you come down to the wire here? <laughs> Next, we have... A game that's wrapped up, but Jeff's scoring is not wrapped up. Um, this one is Jeff, the ATX Dog and Ducks versus the Fields of Dreams, Josh. Um, right now, Jeff has a 109.7 to 93.78 lead, and he's got two yet to play. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about Jeff's day and what we could expect to see tonight, which is still some pretty high numbers projected. Yeah, Jeff. And I uh, shout out to Jeff, who uh, was when we were doing the draft, it was uh, there were a few of us that hopped on the draft. And it was like me, Eric, uh, Jeff and Josh and Samantha, who were all on the draft uh, chat beforehand. It was great to like, uh, re, uh, you know, re-engage with people, get, you know, get to see people again, see people's faces. So I think it'd be fun if we can continue to try to do that, find opportunities to do that this season. Um, but yeah, one of the things that Jeff let us know is he's moved back to Austin. And so I guess that's informing his team name, ATX Dog and Ducks. I'm curious, Jeff, what that means. I have no idea what Dog and Ducks means. I, if I remember correctly, like a little tavern north of campus that he loved. Was it? Okay. I think <laughs> okay. so. Cool. Well, he must Jeff, have been. Let drink- us know, Jeff. Let us know if you listen by shooting us a note. Well, he must have been drinking at his Good Luck Tavern because uh, his wide receivers came out firing. He had two thirty-point wide receivers in Tyree Kill and Adam Thielen, who played really well. Miles My- Sanders, who I'm always terrified to draft, but is always sitting there. Uh, looks like he's on a team in the Eagles this year that are going to be really good. Um, so he played really well. Um, you know, so had a lot of great points. Uh, he's, you know, Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams still have not played yet, so he's going to get more. And just a, you know, we joke every year about drafting defenses early. J- early, Jeff said it's his signature thing. I think he took the Buccaneers in the tenth or eleventh round, and they scored negative three points. <laughs> they sure week. did. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. I don't know if the Cowboys are a team I'm starting my defense against, and I think that's 
I think that goes to the old um, saying of, you know, streaming defenses is pretty much all you have to do in fantasy football. Yeah, but it didn't matter because Josh's team, for the most part, did not show up. I think besides his quarterback, he had just one touchdown among any of his other players, which was by DeAndre Swift. Um, Otherwise, not a lot of production. Um, I think disappointments for Aaron Jones and Antonio Gibson. Um, Mike Evans was the receiver kind of left, uh, you know, without production in the Tampa Bay Dallas game. So, you know, DeAndre Swift is the lone uh, bright spot there, but otherwise uh forgettable day for josh exactly that's a tough one um the next matchup is one of the other games that we did mention that is in the balance kind of sorta and that is whitney versus beth ann um whitney as we had mentioned earlier has a 13 point lead so beth ann is going to need mark andrews to outscore the baltimore defense by 14 but tell me a little bit about um how their matchup looked well, really, it's remarkable, actually, that Beth Ann's still hanging in there, considering Aaron Rodgers had 1.32 points. Shout out to Jess. What happened to your Packers this weekend? That was a crazy It's game. almost like their quarterback doesn't want to be there, and they forced him to be there. <laughs> I guess. I guess. But, yeah, one point uh, against the Saints. Uh, crazy game. So, I mean, her team actually performed actually okay when you consider, you know, if you gave Aaron Rodgers his typical 20 points, she'd have about 120 right now and be doing just fine. Um, plus she still has Mark Andrews to play. Jamar Chase looked really great. Um, the rookie from, for the Bengals. So her team was looking okay if Aaron Rodgers had not showed up, but uh, Whitney took advantage. Um, got a great game from Brady and Dalvin cook. Kareem Hunt had a good game. Her receivers were just okay. Um, you know, performing below average, but it may be enough depending on how this matchup with the Ravens versus Mark Andrews goes tonight. Exactly. No, totally. And then moving on to the next matchup, this was the real shootout um, for one team, just going through the team that currently has the lead for most points this week that is trying to fend off Nick. And that is Jess versus Eric, Eric, who had an absolutely monstrous game. Some weeks you're the hammer and some weeks you're the snail. This week, Eric was the hammer and Jess was the snail who was just absolutely (laughs) crushed under the hammer. Um, Yeah, you know, Eric's team crushed. He had like a lot of the top point scorers this week. Amari Cooper, everybody thought CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb had a great game. But Amari Cooper, I think, was a little forgotten there in Dallas. And he just absolutely exploded in the first game of the season. Kyler Murray was looking awesome, as you pointed out. QB won so far, I think. Um, Joe Mixon, uh, another player who's been kind of maligned in recent years, had a so-so season last year, had 25 points in week one. Uh, your boy, Melvin Gordon, tell me about him. Ripped off a huge 70-yard run. Um, got him it. 20 points. That was, that was it. it. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised he was even started. But, you yeah. know, good on you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey had a big game, 25 points. Uh, Julio Jones, not so great a day, day. The Washington D, probably one of the top drafted defense, not so great a day, but it didn't matter. Um, 172 points, big game uh, for Eric. Uh, meanwhile, for Jess, the, the snail in, in this in this tale, uh, you know, just kind of forgettable days for most of people, average days. Jonathan Taylor had a pretty good game considering he didn't, uh, I don't think he scored a touchdown, um, but was getting a lot of passing action. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs, the whole, the bills really struggled this week. 
Um, Robert Tanyan uh, had a disappointing day as well as everybody on the Packers team. Um, and, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, what, one of the things about her team is she really waited right in the draft on quarterback. She was the last team mm-hmm. owner to draft one. Uh, Kirk Cousins did fine, you know, 22 points. Uh, better than Aaron Rodgers did. That's for darn sure. He did uh, fine, but I mean, that's he's got to be, what, the second lowest starting quarterback of the week? In our league? Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Uh, let's take a look. Uh, no, Justin Herbert only had 13 nope. points for Greco. Josh Allen only had 17. Ryan Tannehill only had 14. Uh, Josh Allen had 17, like you said. So, yeah. So, you know, probably middle of the pack. Not too bad. Yeah. All right. Okay, Jess. What was the, her, what was her <laughs> monitor in the draft? Value is what she Value. Got and you said, well, you said if you buy it from Aldi, it's still a can of beans or what, or what was it? I said, if you buy, if you buy a cheap can of beans from Aldi, it's still a shitty can of beans, Mm, even if it's value. Yeah. Well, (laughs) for for this week, it wasn't the beans fault. Uh, it was, uh, it was just, uh, you know, I think it was the cart. It was, it was Cobra Kyler's fault. I think this week. Yeah. It it seems like it. (laughs) And in our last game, this was the biggest, um, margin of victory of the weekend. And it looks to only increase. And this was Nick, versus greco yeah Uh, one thing before you jump into the details i Mm -hmm. heard this on a podcast today Mm -hmm. christian mccaffrey is now the only running back in history because he's done it twice to be the number one running back on a given week and not score a touchdown i was just i was just marveling at that i was looking i was like he doesn't have a touchdown next to his name it doesn't matter with that guy like the panthers didn't look that great and he just like it's effortless with him you know that he just like rolls out of bed and scores like 20 points at least He's their number one running back and number one receiver. And yeah. he gets like, it's insane. It is insane. I mean, the, the perks of, of having the number one draft pick, I know a year ago, Nick drafted him number one overall and he missed him for, you know, I think he only had him for three games or whatever. So hoping McCaffrey stays healthy here this season. Cause if he does, uh, it's going to be good news for Nick who uh, may double up Greco by the time this, this game is over uh, all of his players. Like, you know, I don't think he had any individual player go off to the way that, uh, Eric did where he had like two 30 point scorers, but Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, CD lamb, Cooper cup, all had over 20 points. His kicker had 13 T Higgins in the flex had 15. Uh, Damian Harris, uh, had a quiet 11 points, you know, you know, he ran for over hundred yards, had a great game, only 11 points. Uh, I think he had a costly fumble, uh, but you know, and he still has Darren Waller to go. So uh, I said in his draft recap that he may be the receptions leader and I haven't totaled them up yet. Um, but he already has quite a few, I think 29 before even this Monday, this Monday night football game. Um, so yeah, thorough, thorough domination by Nick going against Greco, whose team really struggled. I think the Jack, the Jaguar struggled. James Robinson only had eight points chase Edmonds for the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals had a great game, good runs, you know, good, you know, game script, you would think for the run game just had 14 points. Um, Devonte Adams, because the, the, the Packers struggled had 10, um, Gesicki got shut out, uh, with just zero points in her tight end spot. So, um, uh, you know, a rough game all around, obviously she, you know, Herbert, I think disappointed with only 13 points going against, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Washington football team, but that's a tough, uh, that's a tough matchup. So hopefully she'll be able to bounce back. Um, but Nick gets the convincing win, uh, in week one. No, most definitely. So that's just a, that's a recap of all the games this week. Hopefully everyone's got a good idea of what went on. Um, and unfortunately, this is a topic I feel like over the last two seasons has just been a lot worse than it has in other years. But injuries, injuries out of the gate, injuries during games, injuries before these games. Um, let's run through some of the injuries that we've already seen that are 
you know, affecting people with players picked in the top 10 rounds and we're supposed to start. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm always writing a like, you know, in week one or week two, like an injury, like, oh, this is the worst injuries we've ever had, or a lot of players really affected. Obviously, last year, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley both went down the number one and number two pick right last season. Um, but I actually feel like the injuries, I don't know, you tell me, Alex, what do you think? I feel like the injuries are, even though I'm one of the people that has been affected, and I you know you are as well, I really don't feel like the injuries have been that bad so far, knock on wood, because um, there are so far there have been no players drafted with the top four rounds of our draft that have been injured, which is pretty good luck for week one. It's probably because I saw one of my players get injured live on TV, which just heard in so <laughs> For your many favorite ways. team. For my favorite team, yeah, so that was tough. And then one of my guys got injured and was like the top of the news cycle for an entire like four days. True. So that's true. probably the reasons why they're it's you know it's cutting so deep. But let's jump in. Tell me, tell me about what I'm going through right now. Yeah. So uh, there were five total injuries really so far of drafted players in our league. Uh, the top two injuries are both to your team. Gus Edwards obviously had a season-ending injury in practice before the first game even started. He was your fifth round pick. I know that one hurts for sure. Uh, and then also Jerry Judy had a really gruesome injury yesterday. It looked like maybe he broke his ankle. Turns out it's just a high ankle sprain, and he's only going to be out four to six weeks, uh, who is your sixth-round pick. So you're potentially without your fifth and sixth-round picks, who in a, you know, in a draft of fifth and sixth-round pick, you're counting on those guys to be starters um, for the first you know, at least probably six weeks of the season. No, definitely. It, it really hurt. I'm, I'm Luckily, I, I had people in, waiting in the wings. Ironically, Jerry Judy was going to be on my bench, came in for Gus Edwards. Mm. Now <laughs> it looks like um, Chris Davis is going to have to, you know, take the mantle from Jerry. Corey Davis. The maybe? next little while here. That's the one. Sorry. You know, I got baseball <laughs> on the mind. Things are things are tough. But yes, Corey Davis, top five pick in the NFL draft. So you never know what he could be. Yeah, you luckily have some pretty nice depth. I feel like yeah. So yeah, things things felt things felt like they fell well for me in the draft. Uh-huh. Um, so I think you'll be able to weather the storm. This next one's you, and it was actually hard. I have him in another league, and he was supposed to have a huge week this week, and I put him in, so it was tough. But that's Raheem Mostert, who you're yeah. your sixth round pick. Raheem must start turned into Raheem most hurt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, he gets injured every year. I feel like Jeff usually has Raheem Mostert or maybe Gray or something like that. But I, you know, I, I, I knew I was getting Derrick Henry early. My plan was to wait on RB two, pick one up around like round six or so. I was definitely planning on taking one in the uh, sixth or seventh round. Uh, some of the guys that I was kind of targeting were gone. Mostert was definitely on my board. Damian Harris was on, ironically one of the guys I was between Mostert and Damian Harris. Um, I ended up going Mostert because I know when healthy, he's like pretty good. So I expected to get a few weeks out of him. And when, um, when Trey Sermon was a surprise inactive before the game, I thought this is great. You know, Mostert's going to dominate in this game. Good matchup with the lions. Uh, and then he gets injured like two plays into the game. It's just now like he, the Niners to go find a random undrafted rookie to have a huge day. And that is the only saving grace for me, honestly, is that by the grace of Adam Schefter, I happened to be watching, you know, the ESPN's like pregame fantasy coverage and saw Adam Schefter talking about how he has Raheem Mostert in a lot of leagues. And in all the leagues he has Raheem Mostert, he drafted not Trey Sermon, who Nick snaked for me in the draft a few picks before I was going to take him. Um, he, and he drafted Elijah Mitchell. 
and said that the Niners really liked him. So I was like, well, might as well just grab Elijah Mitchell right now before maybe he has a big game and then I can't get him on waivers. And wouldn't you know it, like he's the guy that comes in and has, I think is the first 49er, you know, ever to have over 100 yards, uh, like undrafted rookie or something, or not undrafted rookie, but he's a six-round rookie, to have like over 100 yards in his first game. So uh, I would be much more down in the dumps right now if I didn't have Elijah Mitchell uh, on my bench. Most definitely. And then moving down to players that aren't on your mind team, we have Michael Gallup, who's out three to five weeks for Whitney. Give us a little more about that injury. Uh, you know, I didn't see that injury, honestly. Me neither. Uh, All I know <laughs> yeah. is it's great for CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yeah, and I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know much what, for Whitney. Yeah, I think he's on the IR report right now. Um, I think it was a calf injury. He's placing You're not Stephon reserve. Duval. We don't need to know. It's okay. My bad. <laughs> I, I thought you might. <laughs> he's going to miss like three to five weeks. Um, yeah, so I think it's it's good news for, for CeeDee Lamb and, um, you know, uh, Amari uh, Cooper owners, but yeah, Gallup will miss some time, but I don't know how much this really impacts Whitney. I think Gallup was some depth for her, right? Like she was not starting yeah. him. So mm-hmm. definitely. And then lastly, this is kind of where we're talking about players that could be waiver wire players to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's Rashad Penny for Eric may not even, you know, garner an IR spot, but he is out for quote unquote a few weeks. That's what I saw. Yeah. I saw that he's out yeah. for a few weeks. He was a 13th <laughs> round pick for Eric. So he's at the end of his bench. So Eric may drop him. I don't know. He was definitely, uh, you know, the Chris Carson handcuff. And I don't even think Eric owns Chris Carson. Uh, I think that's who is that? Somebody owns Chris Carson and it's not Eric. So uh, there, I think it's, there you yeah, go. it's Jess. Jess is like, it's me. It's me. Uh, so she owns Chris Carson. So maybe Eric will drop uh, Rashad Penny and she'll put, scoop him up. Who knows? There you go. Mm-hmm. So, the so, yeah, so all in jump. all, all in all, not too bad for injuries, right? All things considered, bad for you and Except I. Except for you and I. Everybody else has <laughs> escaped, unscathed. So next we're going to jump into the power rankings. To be noted, power rankings are normally based off of true winning percentage in the worst league. This um, being that the week has not even wrapped up, we do not have true winning percentages for this week. So we are just going to go off of points as of now. But people don't hold us to this. Things may change as the night progresses. Yeah, I mean, your your true winning percentage in week one is just based on your points, basically. Because, um, you know, whoever scored the most points also had the most true wins. Um, so, yeah, uh, right now, the early power rankings, we'll break it into tiers of four. The top four are Eric, Nick, Jeff, and Alex, uh, based on, proje- on uh, early projections. Uh, because uh, I think Nick still has Darren Waller to go. Jeff still has Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams to go. So it's possible Nick could be number one. You obviously will know this by the time you listen to this. So Nick and Eric could flip flop. Uh, Jeff uh, could be you know above or below you, Alex. But I feel confident saying that's probably the top four right there: Eric, Nick, Jeff, and Alex. Yeah, uh, and then moving down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh no! Yeah, I was yeah. You're setting me up. Yeah. Moving down. We're, we're still in early season form here. Uh, moving down um, <laughs> the middle tier here. Uh, number five, a lot of these teams in the middle tier still have people to play. So number five, based on projections, is Gray, pending Justin Tucker. Number six is Whitney, uh, pending the Ravens D. Uh, number seven is Samantha. And number eight is Beth Ann, pending Mark Andrews' performance. Um, so that's a, that's a group of, of team owners who had like, you know, whereas Eric, Nick, Jeff, and Alex all had great games, you know, really strong performances out of the gate. Gray, Whitney, Samantha, Bethann, you know, had solid, you know, to middling performances, you know, average performances, I would say. The the bottom four here is really interesting. There's a lot of, um, I mean, two of the last, what, 
three champions? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Basically, three of the last four, I think. Is, three of the last four, yeah. Which really, you're just talking about me there, Alex. I'm, I am won three of the last four uh, championships. Wasn't Jess the other one? No, just just one in 2014. So you know, I, oh, I'm Jess. It's been a while. Sorry, I thought you did better recently. I'm, I'm 2018, 2017, 2018, and then 2020. 2020. That's right. I was just Sorry. setting you. There up are to so be able many. To share that. There, there are so many. Just... They. I forget. You know, I lose the rings. You know, here and there. I, you know, you just forget about them. So, yes. Uh, so number nine would be Jess. Uh, number ten is me. Uh, Brandon. Number eleven is Josh, and number twelve is Greco. Uh, but I'm not sweating it, uh, because I think two years ago, uh, or not, not my, not my most recent championship, but I had a previous championship, uh, where I finished, I think I started the season in 10th in 2018, uh, in the power rankings and ended up winning the whole thing. So I'm just going to have to do that again. No big deal. Well, there you go. I love a good segment that lets you, you know, loop in your championships. It's good, <laughs> but, but yeah. there is some more fun facts about What's already happened in one week has actually broken some records for some people. Yeah. So um, as we set up at the top, you know, and you kind of allude to it, like a lot of the team owners at the bottom, Jess, Brandon, Josh, Greco, like those four team owners are all like near the top of like the career power rankings, right? Those are team owners that who are traditionally like win a lot of games. And if you look at the teams at the, that are at the top are have not made the playoffs a lot in recent years. So Eric, Nick, Jeff, uh, et cetera. So five of the top seven um, teams in the week one power rankings were not playoff teams from a year ago. So that means we're going to see some, this might be a season of, you know, new blood, some turnover. I love it. You know, some, some ch- a changing of the guard a little bit, a little more challenge for some of the teams who have traditionally done well. And uh, finally, you know, a breakthrough, um, people who are due, um, having some good seasons. So as you alluded to the team owners who broke some records, both Eric and Nick broke their scoring records this week. Um, Eric's previous high was 156.2 points from week 12 of last year. Nick broke his scoring record, blew it out of the water. He's not even done yet. We don't even know what it's going to be, but he's never scored more than 137 points. He already has, uh, he already has 150 points and he still has players, he still has Darren Waller left to go. So congrats to Nick uh, turning over a new leaf in 2021. And I will, say, yeah. I, I will say it's a good sign for Eric and Nick. Um, one of the things I've done in the past is like, you know, the early power rankings, it's just one game. You don't want to overreact too much. But if you actually go back and look at how like how the teams perform in just one week, um, something I have noticed is that it doesn't really m- matter so much for teams three through 12, but the top two teams in the week one power rankings uh, actually do better than you would think. And that's that 18 of 20 teams that finished and that started in the top two of the power rankings go on to make the playoffs 90%. So it's only happened wow. twice that a team that started in the top two had a top two score in the first week did not uh, make the playoffs. So that's a really, really good sign, obviously, for Eric uh, and Nick. Or uh, if you're listening to this again, we're doing this before the game. It's possible, you know, Jeff has a huge game from Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams and really jumps up there. But most likely, Eric and Nick, a uh, really great sign for those guys. 90% chance they're probably making the playoffs this year, just after one week. Don't lose your ESPN password or something, Nick. You know, make sure you stay focused. You're in a good <laughs> spot here. Yeah, that's right. 
Uh, and, and right. if we go back to if we go back to just one year, something that's interesting. I was looking at last year. Last year, the top five teams in the power rankings after week one all made the playoffs. So, and the sixth place team was Josh, who should have made the playoffs. So that's a really good sign for Eric, Nick, Jeff, Alex, Gray, and Whitney. We we may you know may already have a, a six there. Uh, that could be yeah, five or you know six what? Why don't we just call it now? <laughs> you would like that, wouldn't you? Yeah, just a bit. So. With our next segment, we're actually going to play a new game that we have thought of, and we're calling it Roster Envy. So both of us are going to pick the top three rosters that we would swap with if they could. We mm. don't know each other's picks yet. No. And we're going to rotate our picks. Mm-hmm. And if they're duplicates, are we going to make someone draft another one? What are our thoughts there? No, no. I think we'll just we'll just share that we also have that person on our top three. All so, right. So, so let, do we want to yeah. start with number one? Yeah, so I'll let you go first. So Roster Envy, the team, the number one team that you wish you could, if you could right now just swap your entire roster for theirs, who who is that, Alex, for you? I'm going to say Jeff. Interesting. Okay, he is also on my list. Jeff was my number two. Tell me about why you would swap rosters with Jeff right now. So I'm obviously hunting for trade partners. That's what you do in this league. And I went and I looked at his team and I'm like, I don't know where he needs any help. And in that moment, I thought to myself, wow, it really seems like Jeff's got a good thing going here. I agree. I mean, for me, for Jeff, he is like so loaded at wide receiver. It's ridiculous. He's got Tyreek Hill, who went for 37. Adam Thielen, don't forget about him, had 30. Uh, You know, Devonta Smith had an amazing first game you know, on his bench uh, for the Eagles. Looks like he's going to be a great rookie uh, for the Eagles. Oh, yeah. James Winston. So I'm still on the wide receivers. Will Fuller. Will Fuller hasn't even played a game yet, was suspended. And then Nelson Aguilar, the, you know, is the number one wide receiver in, in New England, had 18 points. He's got five really good uh, wide receivers on that team. That is some serious depth. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, the quarterbacks, you know, he Lamar Jackson hasn't played, but Jameis looks like an adequate backup. Maybe there's some trade value with him having 29 points. Fun fact on Jameis this week, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for five touchdowns and less than 150 yards. Oh, wow. That is crazy. That yeah. is nuts. <laughs> that is nuts. What do you think about his running backs? I mean, his running backs, um, it was weird. I mean, his running backs are okay, but I mm-hmm. was just like in looking at trade perception, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to provide as an upgrade there and what I'm going to try to get from him elsewhere that makes this mm-hmm. trade make sense. Because I think if I was in his shoes right now, I'd be like, no, I'm going to I'm going to hold Pat. I don't need an upgrade yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. if Yeah, that's that's my thought process there. I mean, that's that's definitely the biggest hole that I see. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, agree. Like I would have thought before, you know, the season that that is like maybe the biggest challenge for his team. Um, Just because I wasn't a big fan of Miles Sanders, but he looked great and that team looked great. And then Najee Harris did not, you know, wasn't able to do a lot on the ground, but he has like a very clear role. Um, and then we haven't even yeah. seen Tyson Williams. He just got this bonus other running back because Gus Edwards got injured, kind of a, a reversal of karma or fortune or whatever from a few years ago with you and him, right. Where he drafted Le'Veon Bell who ha- ended up holding out. And then you had the handcuff and James Connor. And so you ended up having a top five running back for the season that you were planning on. And now maybe that's going to happen with Jeff and Tyson Williams. We'll, we'll see after the game tonight. Yeah, of the of the running back circus in Baltimore. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so, so yeah, a really great who's team. Who's your for number Jeff. one? Tell me okay, about your number one. All right. So my number one is, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it's Nick. I would trade my team straight up for Nick's team right now. I think all we had to do was institute a, a like a punishment, a last place punishment, which we did this season. And suddenly Nick, who's routinely near the bottom of the league, had the worst season in league history last year. The first team to only win one game, went one and 12 all season. Ironically, the only team he beat was Jeff, the team we were just, team we were just talking about. Um, and now his team is, to me, is just loaded. Uh, kind of as you were talking about, uh, you know, in terms of like no weaknesses. Like I look at Nick's team and uh, which, by the way, great name, the Sea Lance of D Lambs. Uh, I don't know if he came up with that or found that on Google. I'm going to give him credit, though. It's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a stud, as we said. Damian Harris looked awesome in that first game, um, even though he only had 11 points. It looks like he could be the guy in New England. CeeDee Lamb, one of the guys I was like going to take in the uh, with my third overall pick. Um, or sorry, third round pick. And, you know, Nick grabbed him a, a couple picks beforehand. It looks like he's going to be the man in Dallas. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup was great. Uh, T. Higgins, another guy. I was between Brandon Ayuk and T. Huggin- T. Higgins with one of my picks. Whoops. Maybe you should have taken T. Higgins because I don't know if Brandon Ayuk has a job anymore. Uh, and, then, and then on his bench, uh, Antonio Brown. Uh, psh, I mean, just looked incredible as well. Um, so he's got, I mean, that's like one, two, three, four great wide receivers, uh, at running back. He's got two really good ones. Um, and you know, and then at tight end, he's got Darren Waller and oh yeah, Rob Gronkowski had 29 points. So if he wants to make a trade or play one of those guys in the flex, which you can this season, um, he's got that, you know, he's got that ability as well. Um, really the only thing that hasn't gone well for Nick in my mind is, um, is uh, Trey Sermon, right? You know, I think was a popular sort of sleeper pick in, you know, San Francisco. And he was a surprise and active. Elijah Mitchell was kind of pushed ahead of him. You know, Nick, Nick, uh, a little behind the scenes, Nick, myself and Josh were all doing some negotiating this weekend via text uh, about a potential handcuff trade, kind of swapping our handcuffs for each other. We ended up not making the decision and I'm glad we didn't uh, because Trey Sermon, I'm, I'm glad I didn't trade for him, but Otherwise, I mean, this Nick's team is completely loaded. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you so, think about Nick? Nick's my number two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would I would say let's move on to number three. I think our one and our two are both aligned. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so I think we'll go that way. My okay. number three, I went a little off script. I think, obviously, mm-hmm. Eric's team is really good, but I don't think, okay. you know, we've talked a lot about Nick, Eric, and Jeff today. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. wanted to throw in a team that's not them. This team, I really like the starting lineup. I don't see a lot of holes in the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. I think there could be some more depth, though this person is also taking advantage of the fact that you can play tight end in the flex with some of their depth. So I'm putting Whitney's team as my number three. Interesting. Interesting. All right, so tell me, she was not on my three. Um, So tell me, what, what do you like about Whitney's squad? What I like about Whitney's squad is um, Tom Brady was a guy that I was eyeing. I think Tom Brady's just going to be consistent with all of those weapons all year. And I think he's got a really high floor. That's the best way I would describe Whitney's team. And this is why it's like a third place team for me mm-hmm. is that I feel like the floor is very high. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a lot of weeks where she's going to be below a hundred points. Mm-hmm. You let below 110 maybe. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously Dalvin cook, I don't think there's much to say there. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to be a top, 
five running back this season. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt, it's it's up and down, but mm-hmm. as Cleveland has shown that that there's enough for both of them. Kareem Hunt more of the receiving back. Nick Chubb mm-hmm. getting more of the goal line work. Um, I think t- um, Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore. Not every team has two number ones that they're able to throw out there at wide receiver. Mm. And given that she drafted a tight end high, I think it's really nice to see having those two number ones there. Obviously, mm-hmm. losing Fitzpatrick, I think, is going to hurt McLaurin a bit. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, the tight end I was speaking of, George Kittle, mm-hmm. when you can consistently win that tight end battle every single week, mm-hmm. which mostly, you know, you'll be able to, you know, minus some Kelsey games, some Waller games here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, Juju, I'm a little more sus on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Baltimore's defense, which is strong. And then um, kicker, I don't, you know, not really care. <laughs> but I also see, you know, opportunities for people like Dallas Goddard or Sterling Shepard mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to slide mm-hmm. into that flex role mm-hmm. that Juju's currently in. So that's my wild card. Maybe it's not the third team I'd pick, but I wanted to do something a little bit different because I kind of had a feeling where we were going to be going with these. <laughs> well, I actually did not pick Eric either, so we can talk about that in a second. Um, Perfect. But, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I'll be I'll be devil's advocate here. Um, I do like her team. I think it's good. I think I'm way more sus on the wide receivers than you are. Um, McLaurin, I think especially, I was definitely between him at one point. I, actually, I think he was just I think he was just picked before me, and I might have gotten him. I need to be with think Keenan Allen, but I'm just really worried now that Fitzpatrick is out there at how well you know. I think we kind of saw the the ceiling on Terry McLaurin last season, and I'm afraid it's going to be that again. DJ Moore, I've never been that crazy about in carolina um and juju yeah i mean the steelers it just seems like i don't know i don't know what the steelers are going to do it's crazy to me that he has fallen off so much in the last couple of years but um i feel like deontay johnson is maybe the guy you want uh in pittsburgh who i think uh whitney had last year so um you know uh, so yeah i think kittle will bounce back uh, you know you, you said whitney you're i was trying to that. throw you some love all right whitney i'm trying to throw you some love <laughs> yeah i mean you know you said you said kittle will always win you your tight end matchup but i think she might lose it this week uh with kittle going up against mark andrews kittle only had nine points so in the bench you know um i'm there's there's not a lot of players i'm like super in love with on that bench either you know sterling Shepard aside maybe he he had a really solid game so um you know and i think sony michelle actually kind of disappointed a little bit um it seemed less of a committee than we thought maybe in la so um so yeah so she would not be my number three but i i totally see what you're saying like really strong running back tandem and absolutely those receivers could could definitely impress um, again high floors we're talking like 10 to 15 points for these positions a week versus, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a 27, but like mm-hmm. then a two. I'm yeah. just seeing high floors all around. But yeah, who's your number three? Well, before before I go on number three, I'll, a real quick note on Eric. I thought about Eric as well. Obviously, it's kind of ironic. As we're talking about this, you know, uh, Eric, you know, Nick has not played yet his last player yet, Darren Waller. But as we're talking about this, he's the highest score of week one, and neither of us had him in our top three, <laughs> ironically. I think maybe that's because I have less faith in those, like, running backs maybe like it you know melvin i Gordon. honestly just don't like amari cooper i'll say it once oh, okay. i'll say it again i'm just not a big amari cooper guy the melvin gordon run felt like a little bit of a fluke i you know 70 yard ripped off a 70 yard run which i think made his day kind of otherwise it's not as good and you know it's kind of a committee there joe mixon had a really great day maybe that's a little bit more sustainable 
Um, you hey. know, <laughs> that's more of another one of my sus spots. Yeah. So, so, but you know, obviously, you know, Kyler is looking great. So, um, and the bench, you know, the bench is okay as well. Um, it's hard to have a good bench where it's a really deep league. So, um, so yeah, so my number three is actually the person that was playing with me this week. And that is Beth Ann. I think Beth Ann looks like she had a really low score this week, but a lot of that is because Aaron Rodgers had such a crappy game. He only had one point. If Aaron Rodgers has 20 points, you know, which is pretty easy, give her, give her like replacement level production. She's got 120 plus whatever Mark Andrews scores. Like, let's say he scores 20 tonight, not on the wrong possibility. She has 140 points. It's one of the top scores of the week, you know, a top three or four score. Um, I, I like this team, you know, I think at, at running back, I think Kamara is obviously a home run. Um, you know, uh, David Montgomery, um, I think, you know, had a solid game yesterday over a hundred yards rushing last night. Um, you know, I think when Justin Fields finally gets the start, I think, you know, he can only improve. So I think those are two really solid players. And then I think the reason I really love this team is Jamar Chase. Um, you know, like Justin Jefferson had just a quiet game, Deontay Johnson too. Jamar Chase, though, in his first game had 20 points. And he looks like he's going to be a permanent fixture in her flex for a while. And so I think those three, it's going to be some really great uh, receptions. And then if you look at the bench, um, lurking there is Jamal Williams, who like I saw rumors before the game that he was named the starter ahead of DeAndre Swift. I don't t- how how did this happen? How was it possible that both DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams had huge games, and yet the game script was not set up for running back? I don't I don't understand <laughs> how that happened, but they both went for over twenty points. I guess Jared Goff likes throwing to the running backs uh, there in Detroit now. Um, but he's, you know, he's a really great piece on the bench. And then the last point I'll throw out for why I like Beth Ann's team is something I kind of mocked her for on the draft recap, not mocked, but like poked fun at, I guess, was the fact that she drafted a backup tight end to Mark Andrews. And that was Juwan Johnson, who there was, I think there was a lot of hype before the season about Adam Trotman in new Orleans. Um, and she drafted his backup. Uh, as her backup tight end, which was Juwan Johnson, who, oh, by the she way. She actually has two t- backup tight ends. Oh, yeah, that's true. And Cole Komet. You're right. You're right. Who went, so, what, five rounds early? Yeah, exactly. So a real backup. T- she drafted a real-life backup tight end to her fantasy backup tight end, and that guy had two touchdowns. And in reading more about Juwan Johnson for the Saints, obviously she's a huge Saints fan, and reading about him a little bit, it seems like he's kind of really more of a receiver, and that's how they play him, and they don't really have a lot of receivers there in New Orleans. And so with the potential to play Juwan Johnson at tight end, could she move Mark Andrews into her flex or look to trade one of them? You know, I think I see some nice possibilities there and we haven't even seen what Kenyon Drake's going to do tonight for the Raiders. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's why, yeah. uh, the I mean, I feel great I about her team. Things. I'm not big on Jamar chase. I I'm mm-hmm. still buying the preseason nonsense on him. Mm-hmm. You, you look at that 20.9, he got one long touchdown, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was so, a pretty one. That's all you I'm, need. <laughs> I know I'm not quite sold yet, but I think, I think this is, this is the next team in my list as well. And then I can think maybe we can both say, I mean, here, if we What's were, to, you know, extend it, if we were extended to four, I'd throw Eric in just because of mm. his great week one, you know, he deserves some props, but yeah, that would be my, that would be my, my top three and your top three. That's, I feel, I'm glad we, we differentiated on our third and they were more mm-hmm. controversial mm-hmm. than maybe mm-hmm. going with some of the chalk like Eric. Mm-hmm. So in our last we're, 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 segment here, Real quick, I was going to say, where would you, would you put, if you could rank your team, like, you know, we're talking about actually like giving up our team straight up for this other person. I, I legitimately probably would do that for those three team owners. 
would you do that with your team? Because I know you actually had a really good week one. I would put my points. team. I would put my team after um, Nick and Jeff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought you had a really good team as well. So yours is yeah. definitely definitely different inclusion obviously some bad injury luck but i i like where you know hopefully i think the big thing is going to be what happens with saquon this season so uh we'll see yeah but. i wanted to survive the broncos strong run defense and rooting mm-hmm. against him for a week and i was able to do that so that was fun <laughs> yep all right so in our last segment um you know going into this last we've, we've sort of talked about where things are at but we're going to play a little game called panic or patience and we're going to analyze the bottom three teams in the league and if they should panic or be patient. So mm-hmm. I'm going to tee each one up for you and then get your opinion on if they're in panic or patient mode. And we'll okay. start out with number 12, which is Greco. Okay. And I want to hear yours as well. Okay. So okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear your thoughts as well. So, uh, yeah. So for, so panic or patience, admittedly, this is something we definitely stole from like fantasy, a lot of other fantasy like segments on like ESPN, but usually it's in reference to like individual players here. We're doing it in reference to like, you know, fantasy teams. So, um, with Greco's team, she had the bottom score this week, only 84 points. So panic or patience on her. I'm saying patience, uh, on Greco. Uh, I think, you know, Justin Herbert had a bad game. It was a tough defense. I think she's going to bounce back. I'm a little nervous about James Robinson. Uh, and I don't love uh, Chase Edmonds. Um, but the Cardinals were looking good. But I think the main reason that I'm not panicking on Greco's teams are the wide receivers. Devontae Adams and the Packers had a rough game. I think they'll bounce back. DK Metcalf looked like himself. Um, you know, uh, Robbie Anderson, I'm not as sure about. But she has some depth there, some players, Cole Beasley, Jarvis Landry, um, you know, Javante Williams, I think, could ascend over the course of the season. So I think there's reason for optimism. I think her having a bad week one was more a reflection of the players she had just having bad matchups than that the players themselves are actually uh, bad talent. So I'm going to say patience on Greco. I'm big patience on Greco. Greco is in one of my top six teams that I would potentially swap for. Interesting. Um, I I real I mean she's got the best receiving core in the league. I know Tyreek Hill and Adam Thielen had a great game, but Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf, that's that's usually gonna give you 40 points between the two of them in some mm-hmm. in some form. Add in Herber, who's probably gonna get you 25 normally, and you got mm-hmm. 65 points between those three players. Mm-hmm. Um I don't like Chase Edmonds as a starter at all. And he was mm-hmm. one of you know her top performers. Um mm-hmm. I like James Robinson just for the sake of his opportunity. Obviously Uh that's the worst team in football that they played against besides Uh themselves clearly. And they should have had a lead, but game Uh script, they, they got behind real early, real fast. So Uh Robinson didn't get much love. Uh Um, Gesicki's not going to get you zero Uh probably ever again. Uh Um, Robbie Anderson's a tricky one. There's a Uh lot of receivers there and he did what he did on three targets. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, a rough number. And I don't really like his hair in his picture. I know that doesn't mean a lot. <laughs> I love but... it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I think Javante I think he Williams, saw the, uh, yeah. did you see the pregame? Uh, did you see the pregame thing the Panthers did? I think it was like a mixed reality thing where they had an actual yeah. Panther like jumping around. I think he saw that and his hair just kind of like freaked out. Right. But yeah, that's, that's my, my thoughts on Greco. Um, next, we will move to josh what are your thoughts on josh and i'll let you lead on josh and i'll i'll lead on you 
Okay, all right. For Josh, I'm gonna uh, just to mix it up because I I was actually kind of I, I don't I, <laughs> I don't want to like just say patience to everybody. I'm gonna say panic for Josh, and I'm not really worried because you don't want to overreact after just one week. But a couple of things that I saw made me kind of nervous. Um, number one of which is the Titans looked pretty bad. Uh, new offensive coordinator uh, and Ryan Tannehill being their quarterback. I don't think that's a long term solution for him, and I don't know how long the bears are going to wait for Justin Fields, but until they come back, um, he might want to find some other solution for that at QB. Meanwhile, um, Aaron Jones, I just think, um, you know, um, you know, he, he produces obviously, but I, I, I'm worried about the situation with the Packers a little bit. I just don't like players in situations that like just not good vibes. <laughs> and I don't Bad think there's like, there's like good vibes coming out of green Bay. And I'm a little worried about the splits with AJ Dillon, um, and then same thing in, in, in Washington with Antonio Gibson, who we're expecting to have a big year. Um, but with now, um, uh, Fitzpatrick going down, it's just spooking me a little bit. I feel like Mike Evans is always low on targets. He, I, you know, he definitely had more, was on the field more than Antonio Brown this week. So he is the more the number two or number one, even in Tampa Bay. So he'll probably be fine. Um, but just some guys that I'm not as crazy about. And in some ways I, I'm a little worried that Deandre Swift may be the outlier uh his 24 points which is the lone bright spot like i just don't know how many games that detroit is going to be you know putting up that many points <laughs> to be honest on a week in and week out basis and maybe he will be and he'll be able to you know turn a, you know have a lot of that that passing work which is i think what really helped um but if it if it isn't the case you know um there's not a lot of help there and i think you know on the bench, Tyler Boyd, I think we were hoping for a bigger game from him. It looks like it's Jamar Chase and T. Higgins there. Um, Darnell Mooney is a good kind of sleeper pick, but until Justin Fields, I feel like, takes over there, there's not a lot of you know reason for optimism. So that's why so, I'm going to say panic on this team owner who never scored below 100 points last all of last season, had his first game of, 100, of less than 100 points in the PPR era. Yeah, I mean, looking at this team, and Josh, this is with all due respect, I'm also in the panic camp. Um, I like your running backs. I think there's some potential there. I've never liked Mike Evans. I've avoided Mike Evans. There's way too many receivers there. The, the His starting two wide Says Chris Godwin's owner. <laughs> yeah, who I always draft, who is the best. Um, so Mike Evans and Chase Claypool, like, it's two receivers in really, really crowded receiver rooms that you don't really know about. And when DeAndre Swift is your leading scorer for a week, I, I'm concerned. That is, that is concerning to me. You know, Aaron Jones is going to be game script dependent. If Green Bay is trailing people, he's not going to get the ball. It's just not going to happen. And then this is, again, with all due respect, the bench is way too cute. It's too <laughs> much It's too much effort trying to steal handcuffs and get backup – and backup running backs that might be starters if people get hurt. And it's not enough depth to actually make your team sustainable early. And that's mm. where I see – that's where my concern is. I mean, the three backup running backs, none of them have a job right now. They're all mm. waiting for someone to get hurt. Yeah, I mean, I will say the thing I'm more worried about is the wide receivers on his team. He drafted, like – I think he went running back, running back, running back to start this draft. And, like, in a, a PPR era, that just makes me a little nervous, you know – with the wide receivers. So, um, but we love you, Josh. This still might be your year. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Josh is definitely going to beat all of us <laughs> now, now that we've said panic about his team. 
And, and uh, moving into the last one here, yes. I mean, I hate to say it because you're on the call and you won all the championships. It's definitely a patience for me. Um, okay. Okay. Um, on, Interesting. On you here. I, I feel pretty good about your team here. Um, you did a really good job getting Elijah Mitchell. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Trey Sermon. But obviously, that big hole for you is going to be that RB2 right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Derrick Henry. That's not going to happen. That was 100% game script. He was scripted out of the game pretty quick because Arizona got a huge lead. And Henry's just not – he's a grinder. He's not a guy that's going to be catching balls out of the backfield and you know making big plays to bring you back in. Dak looked phenomenal. A.J. Brown looked strong. Keenan Allen looked strong. Logan Thomas looked good. Really, the only reason you're in the bottom half here this week is that you got two points out of both of your San Francisco players, to be completely honest. If you know you two top got, six I mean my two, you two do have to replace them. <laughs> you do have to replace them, and you know, your depth leaves some questions. But mm-hmm. with Eliza Mitchell, I think you'll you'll be in pretty good shape. Maybe throw Jalen Waddle in there if you're feeling cute, but I, I think you're in I still think you're in pretty good shape here. Yeah, you know, I'm also not panicking. In generally, I'm not panicking in week one. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of players to be found. I I would definitely be more panicking if I had not picked up Elijah Mitchell, for sure. Um, so I'm feeling better about that. Right, running back to RB2 is definitely going to be my spot that needed the most work this season. Um, but I feel okay with Derrick Henry and Elijah Mitchell there. And yeah, I'm more worried, more panicked about Brandon Ayuk, um, about what could happen to him. Um, so I'm thinking next week, I'm not, it's not about getting cute. I think it's a necessity that Jalen Waddle's going into my flex spot, <laughs> um, next week. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. And you're right. I'm not really in love with my depth, so we'll see how things go. But, um, picking up Latavius Murray, that was another thing we didn't really talk about, but that was like a, I feel like I was, there were, there were a ton of like Baltimore running backs that people were grabbing this weekend. And he yeah, was we're one of the ones tonight, that I grabbed. That may be your RB two. We'll see what happens tonight. It's you or Jeff. Exactly. It's, it's a exactly. battle for who's going to have a sustainable running back. Exactly. So I've got, I've got Latavius Murray there. Um, Zach Moss. I was definitely disappointed that he was a surprise inactive as well. So, um, you know, I don't love my depth either, but, um, I have enough confidence that maybe I can find people here and there and make some trades to, to, hopefully the pieces are in place but it's not going to be an easy uh, a road for sure so i'm but it gives me more gives me more confidence alex that, that you tell me i can i can be patient that i don't have to panic i i feel quite comfortable with where you're at i'm very <laughs> glad that i caught you on the week that i did so with that we're only 10 minutes over what we had projected for today's podcast so that's pretty solid good on us brandon um <laughs> But, you know, moving forward, we'll we'll try to get these out weekly for everyone and keep everybody engaged. But do you have anything to send us off with? Well, I'm I'm just excited to be back, you know, excited to, t- to chat with you again. Like, again, like my favorite part of this is just being able to chat with people. It was great seeing Jeff and uh, Eric and Josh during the draft. Great talking to you. Would love to be able to, like, mix it up, have some more people on the podcast, do some game watches. You know, I know, like it's always hard to like find a time when everybody is like, doesn't have plans. And so I was thinking, you know, if people are up for it, like a Monday night, you know, football situation, like right now it's starting. If you're just hanging around and want to jump on uh, the, uh, you know, like a zoom or something like that could be a fun way to like uh, watch some football, but just enjoying being able to catch up with people and see people again. Cause uh, this is our 10th anniversary season. So that's pretty special. Absolutely. Totally agree. And signing off here, um, we just want to remind you that nobody cares about your fantasy football team. Especially us. Is that our, is that our, that's our ending? 
I, that's I our thing. That's our sign off. That's closing. our sign. Nice, dude. Okay, I'll remember. I love that, that. sign. All right. All right. Have a good night.